Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Vienna. I'd settle for Dubuque. I'm just happy to be out of the house, right? Lori's like, get to the studio. I'd, because when, when I do the show from home, I have to worry about the dog barking. Which means I need to kind of dog-proof the home. He normally jumps up on the sofa and he looks out the window. He thinks he's the mayor of our street, and he may be. But he barks at everything that moves. And so, anyway, it's, uh, it is it is easier coming into the studio. Except for the commute. You ever been to Dubuque, Iowa? I have. On the shores of the great Mississippi? I was really impressed how, how cool... Dubuque was. We actually drove down the Mississippi uh-huh. on the Minnesota side and then the Iowa side, and I couldn't believe how hilly it is in eastern Iowa. It's gorgeous. Yep. It's yep. beautiful. Yeah. And uh, well, I shouldn't tell this story. <laughs> we got in late. I was driving this little Fiat mm-hmm. uh, convertible, and there were thunderstorms coming in from the west. I could track them. I could keep an eye on them. I, I could... Hear the static on AM radio as I'm driving towards Dubuque. And we get into Dubuque and um, <clears throat> we asked the hotel manager, do you have any rooms? He said, no, I'm sorry, we're sold out. Uh, the dog races. And they don't. They no longer have the dog races okay. in Dubuque. But back then, this was, I don't know, mid, late 80s. And, uh, and the story. Storm was moving in. It was black outside. It was already starting to hail. I was, and I'm not proud of this, but I said, I'm, I'm with the media. I'm here to cover the dog races. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> and they found a room for you? They, it was a closet. It was a janitor's closet. Okay. And they put a rollaway bed into the janitor's closet. Did they charge you for it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was just happy to be inside yeah. and out of the storm. What were you actually doing? We were just messing around. We were just oh. driving down. We were just going for It was a little weekend getaway. I'm going gonna, to try that next time I go somewhere. I'm, I'm, with, the I'm with the media. I'm covering the dog races. I'm with Kara Lovin. <laughs> I'm covering the dog races. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> kind of looked at me like, okay, buddy. But, they, they, you know, they, they found a – it wasn't a room. It was a janitor's closet. There you go. And uh, got up in the middle of the night and knocked over the brooms and the the mops. But I, I wasn't complaining. I was just happy to be indoors and out of the storm. So um, we're going to be talking with uh, Professor Rachel Paulos about uh, this 
72-page report that came out today, which does not show MPD, Minneapolis Police Department, in a favorable light. It talks about a pattern of racial discrimination in violation of Minnesota civil rights law. I went to the uh, website, the Minnesota Department of Human Rights has a website, and uh, they, they say that Minnesota has one of the strongest civil rights laws in the nation. I did not know that. Under the Minnesota Human Rights Act, it's illegal for a police department to discriminate against somebody because of their race. A pattern or practice of discrimination is present where the denial of rights consists of something more than isolated sporadic incidents, but is repeated, routine, or of a generalized nature. In other words, not a fluke, but a trend. Such a showing may be made through statistical evidence and or examples of specific instances of discrimination. I have not gone through all 72 pages. I think we need more cops. We do have a problem with with crime in the cities and, and even the suburbs. It's not limited to the downtowns. We need great cops, and I think most cops are good cops. I think there's a small percentage, I hope it's a small percentage, uh, that need to be rooted out. The culture needs to change. And the next chief of police from Minneapolis has his or her work cut out for them. And maybe it's naive for me to think that with with the, the, the proper screening and testing and training that there's a way to weed out the racists and the white supremacists. I just, I refuse to believe that we can't figure that out, that we can't isolate the men and women who are more likely to, uh, to hurt others mm-hmm. and to prevent others from uh, exercising their civil rights. I, and I think we can do that, but it's just, again, another head-shaking moment. DJ, do you care to disagree? Well, uh, no, I'm excited to hear what Rachel Pelosi says in a few yeah. minutes. And I, I don't know. I, I I hope there's a third way. I hope there's a way that we can both address the uh, racial inconsistencies and problems that we have in our culture and specifically in the police department, according to this report, and recruit and train and maintain the best of the best police officers in Minneapolis and in Minnesota to keep our state safer. I, I hope there's a way we can do both of those things. And that's what I would focus on at this point is the, the future and where do we go from here? Yeah, the word that jumped out at me was paramilitary, right? I mean, you're not in the military. This You're trying to keep the peace, but it doesn't mean we're fighting a war in Ukraine. When we come back, Dr. Rachel Pelos with her reaction to today's findings. That's next on CCO. Back with you on CCO. My pleasure to introduce Professor Rachel Pelos at the University of St. Thomas School of Law, former U.S. Attorney for the state of Minnesota. And she's joining us right now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Professor Pelos, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Have you had a chance, and, and I know it's a 72-page report, but have you had a chance to review any of this, uh, your initial reaction? I have reviewed the report. My initial reaction is there is no good news for the city of Minneapolis in this report. 
And uh, the report is calling for fundamental cultural change. And it's critical of everyone from the police to civic leaders whom the Minnesota Department of uh, Human Rights finds are all, are all short, com- falling short in their duties towards the, the people. And I think perhaps the most damning line that is repeated in this report again and again is that the Minneapolis Police Department is engaged in race-based policing. Yeah, the report found that racial disparities exist in how Minneapolis police officers use force, stop, search, arrest, and cite people of color, particularly African-Americans. And it also went on to say offers, uh, officers, MPD officers, consistently use racist, misogynist, and disrespectful language, according uh, to the report that came out today. Is How is this going to impact the search uh, for a new police chief? Well, I think this report underscores the need for new leadership and underscores the search for a strong chief who is willing to tackle many, many challenges from dealing with training of police officers to dealing with the body cam issues uh, to dealing with officers apparently going on social media to harass uh, civic leaders, according to this report at least. Um, to dealing with the mayor and city council members. So there is no shortage of challenges for the new police chief to tackle. And I think, if anything, this um, report, uh, again, not only underscores the need for a strong chief, but lays out a pretty significant set of challenges that that person will need to be prepared to tackle on day one. Yeah, and we've heard a lot about the need for the culture to change within MPD, which which sounds like a tall task. And I run into more and more people. And I'm just curious to get your take. Uh, you work in Minneapolis. I, I talk to a lot of people who say, look, I'm I'm still not comfortable spending a lot of time downtown, whether it's Minneapolis or St. Paul, after dark. I just... Uh, with the crime, the uptick in crime, the carjackings, I'm just not there yet. And so they go on to say, look, Paul, we need more police. And I don't argue that. But then the next question is, how do we attract uh, police officers who are not going to violate somebody else's civil rights? I mean, does it, is that such a tall order today? Well, the report doesn't deal at all with the rising crime rate in Minneapolis. It doesn't attempt to deal at all with um, the the current spike that we're seeing in violent crime. Uh, It does address the need to recruit and retain the right kinds of people and to hold accountable officers when they engage in misconduct, which the report claims is not happening at this point. This is going to be a naive question, and I'm going to go off script. And and, and look, I'm not involved. I, I have a, a small weather business, um, which is different. We're looking for meteorologists. We're not looking for police officers. But in, in the training and screening process, uh, whether it's, you know, local police, state police, FBI, is there a way uh, to detect patterns or based on social media and other factors, kind of shine a spotlight on people who may have a tendency uh, 
to be white supremacists or to to have, you know, racist overtones? And is it legal to weed people out of the process who want to be police officers based on what they've said in the past, what they've said on social media or anywhere? How do we how do we weed out the bad apples? That's going to be the question um, for the mayor, for the city council, for the next police chief, is how to weed out the bad apples, not only how to stop the bad apples from applying or, or uh, receiving job offers, but also from staying on the force. And um, so to your question, is it legal to ask those kinds of questions? Yes. Is it legal to extend offers to people who are not white supremacists or on the other hand, not black supremacists? Yes. Um, is it legal to look at people's social media postings to see if they have the right temperament for a particular job and will exercise their power judiciously? Yes. And of course, there's nuance in how one asks those questions, but the city is trained and the city attorney's office is trained in how to do that. Um, There are very specific allegations in this report about not only the lack of training, but the bad training that police officers are currently receiving. And so um, I think the evidence here that that the Minnesota Department of Human Rights has compiled over really a 10 year period um, is very significant. They looked at, I think, half a million documents, looked at uh, body cam, looked at at um, every use of force incident over the last decade almost. And so all of this is has led in, to, to these findings about more severe force being used against African-Americans, about the rate at which vehicles are stopped, at, at differential treatment, um, at the excessive use of harsh uh, deterrence like chemical sprays and the use of disorderly conduct or obstruction citations. All of that is cataloged comprehensively in this report. And I think that this is going to be used not only by the state of Minnesota, not only by the city of Minneapolis, but I think that this is going to be cited in the federal investigation, which is still ongoing. You talked about social media. One of the things that uh, made me do a double take, well, the whole thing made me do a double take, everything I've read in that 72-page report. But apparently, um, MPD used covert social media accounts to surveil, to monitor African-Americans and African-American organizations unrelated to criminal activity. Uh, Police falsely engaged with uh, black individuals, black leaders, black organizations. Is that, is that legal? I mean, is that, does that just come with the turf Uh, or could there be some illegality there? Well, the surveillance aspect is not necessarily illegal, and that is part of law enforcement's job, is to to monitor what is happening in the community. The problem here is that the focus of the social media tracking was entirely on the African-American community. So, for example, the report cites the fact that white supremacists and Nazi organizations were not being monitored by the police when we know they pose a threat to the social order. Um, And so the disparate treatment that is revealed again and again in this report is is one of the most problematic aspects of the findings by the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. Rachel, we only have 30 seconds left. What do do you think comes next? How how does this change 
the arc of the future of MPD and getting some sense of normalcy back to Minneapolis and St. Paul? The very next step is going to be to work with the city of Minneapolis to uh, develop a consent decree that will be part of a court enforceable agreement, identifying specific changes that need to be made and the time in which they need to be made. But this report, make no mistake, is calling for radical change at the Minneapolis Police Department. University of St. Thomas Law Professor, Professor Rachel Pelos. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Always enjoy your perspective. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there's a lot to unpack, and I believe the whole 72-page report is now online, so you can see, see it for yourself. When we come back, a double dose of Mike Max. There's almost too much sports. Not really, but we can say that. Yeah, almost too much sports. When we come back on CCO. Jaden McDaniels will guard Dylan Brooks. We're tied at 109. Come on, Brooks come on, come on. In, looking, bounces it in. Morant's got it. Top of the key, down the lane, scoops it up. Off glass. Oh, no. With one second left. Timberwolves don't have a timeout. Nope. Jared Vanderbilt looking to trigger in. Towns with it. Three-quarter court heave on the way is offline. The ball game is over. John Morant has won game five for the Grizzlies. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Is it ja or ja? Ja means means yes in German. And... uh, he, he he got it done last night at the last minute. Um, Maxie, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, bitte, and noch ein Bier. Yeah. That's all you need. Then, wo sind die Toiletten? Where are the toilets? I, I'll, I'll get you set up next time you go to Germany. Okay. Um, but last night's game, good grief. But it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch your reaction. It was actually, it was terrible. First half, you knew the third quarter. It was there was some really terrible basketball that was played last night. Just lousy, both teams. I mean, they'd go up and down the court and turn the ball over and this and that. And said there was some, uh, you know, there's always some great moments in the NBA. But I mean, uh, there were far fewer for the first two and a half quarters. It looked like two teams that were playing a preseason game at times. And then it got NBA playoff good in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter where every possession mattered so much. You know, I was just listening to uh, Chris Finch's um, press conference, post-game press conference, and yesterday we did this piece on TV at 6 o'clock about the key to the Timberwolves winning Game 5 would be rebounding. 
And um, yeah, I and, remember and, you said that. Yep, yeah. and and we talked about it, and that's what they said, and they said it time and time again. Now, some of last night people remember would be bad shot selection at the end. I was watching the video just now too. It wasn't just D'Angelo Russell. I mean, Anthony Edwards threw up a couple of pretty bad ones too, and so did Carl Anthony Towns had one that was from another zip code, I think, when he shot it. Uh, that stuff's all true, but the 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 talent tale, the, the everything about them tells you if they'd have just rebounded the ball better and not given them so many second-chance opportunities, mm-hmm. particularly Clark, uh, they would have won the game. And and part of it is, Paul, they're, they're not strong enough. They're, they're not physically strong enough underneath to do, even though Memphis plays a lot of small lineups, they're not nearly as strong physically. And, and when you, you know, I remember thinking back to Charles Barkley. He was not that tall. But you couldn't get around. They call them round mound to rebound. Okay, they don't have that, but they've got that same kind of, you know, you try getting around a guy that's really big and strong and got that trunk and, 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 and big legs and a, and a big butt. It's hard to move him. And the Timberwolves don't have people that can move Memphis players. Yeah. And so this is a real problem when you try to win a series because Memphis has figured that out too. Sometimes they almost look. John Morant, like he's playing hockey. He's going to get in the lane. He's going to throw the ball up. And if it goes in, great, just like a shot on goal. But if not, they've got so many people there close enough crashing that they might get the rebound and put it in that it's almost like he's just throwing it up there and, and he figures something good's going to happen the same way that they teach you in hockey, shoot the puck when you got a chance, you know. That's what it feels like sometimes. So talk to me about trash talk. I know it's a part of the game. It's a part of every sport, right? I don't care what sport you're playing. There's going to be trash talk. But reportedly, Patrick Beverly got into it with John Morant. Sure. With 425 remaining, he he apparently told Morant that he was too small to guard him after Beverly hit a shot, you know, above... Morant's head. And then Morant, Morant went on to score 13 straight points after that, including the game-winning layup. So, I mean, in that case, it probably just incentivized him. It pissed, Maybe. It pissed him off, gave him an extra... You know, and maybe, but spark. but 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 if if you if you subscribe to that line of thinking, then you have to say, why has Morant been so bad in this series for most of it, and Beverly's been doing the same thing to him the whole series? See what I'm saying? He's been he's been in his kitchen the whole series, getting on him, agitating him, and until last night in the final quarter, Morant did nothing. I mean, he was terrible last night in the first half. He was two of seven from the free throw line to start out. Hmm. So I, I ran to Trent Tucker today at the health club. We were talking about this. And of course, Trent's got a world championship ring, and and he said, uh, my guess is that, that that Beverly had an effect on him. That, that that's why Morant had not played that well. Now, now maybe he found himself late, and he found himself at home too, where, where he you know he got a couple of calls, etc. Um, but Beverly may be the reason that. Morant has struggled so much, too, because he's been all over him in this whole series. So it's coming back on Friday. We don't know when. Yeah, what, what is that all about? I, I know we're not veterans of the playoffs around here, so maybe this is standard protocol that you know we've lost track of because we don't pay close attention because the Wolves haven't been in it enough. But can you set the time? Yeah. I, I, are, are they looking for a better game? Two better teams? I mean, yeah, it's like it? the guy that goes to the dance, uh, you know, yeah. and brings his prom date, and then he's got his eyes looking at somebody. It doesn't work that way. Commit to something, right? <laughs> brought back some memories. <laughs> I don't. On which end? 
Debbie Berkman. She was she, she was picking out the uh, china, and and I'm like, Debbie, I'm 17. I'm not getting married just yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to college. Ooh. And she was, yeah, Debbie Berkman. What happened to her? I have no idea. Really? She was a nice gal. I I hope she's. You okay. don't know what happened to one of your prom dates. I don't. I'm afraid to go on Facebook and. Well, she I, might have, have a different name now. You might not ever yes, find her. Yes, I know. But have you done I have, that? Old I have girlfriends? never, ever done that to find out where my old girlfriends are to see if maybe. Now they've got a few regrets, okay? Maybe maybe I want to see that, but I wouldn't do that. I, I want to leave the memories intact. Okay. Yeah, just as they were. They were perfect. Anyway, Maxie, when we come back, a crazy twins game. Oh. Uh, that and the wild and whatever else you're tracking next on CCO. Two and two the count on Sano. And the pitch is swinging a line drive into right center field. Grossman over to his right. It's over his head. Oh. It finds the wall. A late break from Lardick. He's got the green light. Now the stop sign from Watkins as the throw comes back in. But now the Twins are all over on the bases here. And now oh. they throw it left field. They throw it into left field. <laughs> Lardick scores. Urshel is coming home. Defense implodes. And the Twins win the game. Are you kidding? We saw with the White Sox, and now the Tigers throw the ball all over Target Field, and the Twins win in dramatic fashion. Maxie, I played second grade in Little League, and I can't tell you how many games, how many plays we had like that. Ah. You know, just throwing it over the heads of people and expected in second grade. It well, it dawned it dawned on me that I would not make a living uh, playing professional sports. I got to say that that may be the craziest walk off I've ever seen in Major League Baseball. I mean, because the irony of it is. Both teams screwed up in a big way. I, I mean, for, first, Sano hits the ball. He's got two strikes on him. He struck out twice. Uh, so you miss with the pitch. He gets he he hits it the other way. Robbie Grossman, the former uh, twin, had, it, it's a it's a tough play, but but it's a, a very makeable play, and it ends up off his glove, and it goes to the fence. Well, there's guys on first and second, so you're, you're watching Grossman chase it down. You know they scored one. You think they might score two. Then he gets the ball in, and you go, nobody scored. How can that possibly be on a ball hit to the fence, right? So, they're so, all jammed up, right? Yeah, and on top of that, you got two guys at second base, two, yeah. two base runners at second base. Oops. You go, oh, my God. They're going to get an out. They're guaranteed an out. They're not going to let the run score. They're going to get somebody in the hot box. They're going to get an out. And, and then they're going to you know, have, just have to close out the game with one more out. And lo and behold, they throw the ball into left field. Major league catcher. Throws it into left field. The score's not one but two runs. So the the Twins almost get rewarded for their ineptness on the base paths. And Detroit, I mean, I mean, it's just I, I'm still not sure what they were thinking. Um, but th- that was a great call. That's the first time that I've heard Corey's call of it. Yeah. Um, but but it just you you sat there and you go, really? Did I just see that? Just... And they got this big celebration at home plate, and you know that, that I mean that is. How you win divisions and how you lose divisions, right? It's those couple games during the year that you got no business winning or losing that define you because you'll go head to head and most of the, you know, a lot of this stuff will play out. But you take a game like last night and that's how you win the division and that's how Detroit stays out of contention is, you know, one stupid play by Detroit, although it was stupid by the Twins too. And, and and you lose the game, and now all of a sudden the Twins are you know one of the hottest teams in the American League. Absolutely. Hey, the default position for Minnesota sports fans is heartbreak. Yeah. So I'm, 
you know, anything that alleviates that, yep. even temporarily. And what 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 happened to the wild I mean, what, in Arizona? How How do you end up? I don't get that. The, the worst team, they lost, what, 10 straight? They're yeah. not even interested in winning at this point in the year. Um, they, they come in here, and they take the lead, and you go, okay, you know, I, I, we've seen this before. All, and all of a sudden, you start to go, they're kind of serious about this. And then the wild get two quick goals in the third period. You go, okay. Arizona now Wilson dies because they, they've just been sent a message that they're a terrible team and, and, and they've been through this before, so there's no way they can win the game. And the next thing you know, Boyd is about 70 feet out and, and he scores a goal. And um, that's it, 4-3. to three. Phil Kessel, the former gopher, adds another one and it's 5-3. to three. But uh, again, now, now they're playing only for home ice. And I think we got to take a step back on this a little bit uh, with St. Louis. And they can still get home ice. There's different scenarios. They still have a chance to get home ice. Is that really important? No. Is, is it important? Yeah. You, you'd rather play more games at home than on the road. But, you know, in, in the Timberwolves series, they played five games. Three have been won by the home team, two from the away team. In, in the NHL, I think it means even less. Uh, but it's just it's like the only thing they've got left to play for. So we've kind of gotten enamored and wrapped up in this whole thing about, oh, boy, home ice, man, how does St. Louis do? And, and that's okay, but, but that, that probably won't determine who wins the series. Maxie, let's pivot to the Vikes and, yeah. and the draft. And based on some of the comments I heard from GM uh, Adolfo Menza, the Vikings probably won't be picking a wide receiver with their number 12 uh-huh. draft pick. I, I think they could. I think they could. Maybe yeah. not with number 12. They might move down. But if Garrett Wilson's sitting there and they think they can get him and move on him, uh, he'd be on that list. And uh, uh, I, I think that they, I think that Kevin O'Connell would welcome the chance to go three wide outs, three, three good wide receivers. Uh, but that will not um, – uh, there's I like Jordan Davis, the, the great big. If you got a chance to get him, the big run stopper from from uh, Georgia, um, they call him Godzilla. I, I just think that's been kind of an Achilles Godzilla. for the. Uh, uh, if you watch the video of him, you can see why. Oh, man, um, you you. Uh, uh, I, I think that that's a need that they have where he could step right in and play, and. Um, I just I like that pick for whatever reason. Now, now corners are obviously cornerbacks. What everybody's been talking about. I just don't know if they've got the corners that they might have available to them. Uh, I don't know that they value them that high. I don't know that. Unless somebody falls that they don't expect, um, I think they've got some really interesting options. Some really interesting options. And when is the draft? I shouldn't know tomorrow this. Tomorrow night. It's tomorrow when? Yep. Uh, well, it's just the first round tomorrow night. First, first round. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it starts it. at, um, I don't know, 6 o'clock or so our time. Then they do Got the pageantry okay. and the introductions and uh, um, all that. So, by the way, when, when Queasy uh, Adolfo Menza was speaking yesterday at his press conference, and, and he wanted to start out by, by – um, paying tribute to the people that have worked on the draft, right, for the Vikings. Right. So he, and he wanted to make sure he didn't leave anybody else out. My God, you know, I didn't know if we'd ever get a question. And you, you, the number of people, and it, it dawned on me as he started to, re, you know, recite the names of the people that had, you know, the scouts to this, to that, the operations, the so-and-so. Holy mackerel. I mean, that, that's a roster unto itself uh, huh. that, that, you know, just works on the draft because these NFL teams are so flush with money. Uh, you know, they got, they just got a ton of money that they could spend. So, and, and, and the number of people that work on scouting and operations that, that have prepared for this draft here and, you know, hmm. same number of other teams is just mind boggling. Wow. Oh yeah. Good to be, uh, good to be in the NFL. Um, yeah, yeah. you want, you want, you know, if you can just find what falls through the cracks in those places, you're right. going to do well, you know? Oh my goodness. The money machine. Um, what else are you tracking, Maxie? 
Uh, I was out today. Alonzo Dodd, young man from South St. Paul High School, committed to Texas Commerce, uh, Texas A&M Commerce, a Division One school. I've watched him for a long time. He's a great point guard, and uh, uh, he, you know, grew up on the west side of St. Paul, West St. Paul, West St. Paul proud. And uh, I had a nice visit with him about, um, you know, the gang violence and stuff that's going on in St. Paul, and I, I was surprised at how much he knew about it. He lost uh, Dion Ford, uh, the young man from uh, St. Paul Central that lost his life a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, to a gunshot wound uh, that turned tragic. Mm. Uh, he, that was one of his closest friends. And um, it, it was just interesting to, to talk to him about the vibe of what it's like to grow up right now uh, in the city. And, and, and he said, which I've heard before, he said, "What's scary about it is how young the kids are that are carrying guns now." Ugh. You know, Ugh. not to end on a down note, but that you know just got my attention. Yeah, got to pay attention. Yep, Mike Max, thank you. Have a good show, my friend. You too, thanks, Paul. An update on Ukraine when we come back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.